0: The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there there's spoilers and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Double Jeopardy. My name is Kerwin and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much about you, Kerwin. I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? So Stone Buena Visa. Sounds good. Also, what this is mugga. What up, Muggs? What up? What are you drinking?
1: Got some wine.
0: All right, and rounding out the panel is TJ. What's up, TJ?
1: Hey, guys, it's good to be back. Yeah, man, it's been a minute. I know, I missed you guys. I am uh, sipping on some White Claws today. Cool, so uh, today we are
0: talking about Double Jeopardy, uh, released September 24th, 1999. Uh, It stars Ashley Judd, Tommy Lee Jones, Bruce Greenwood, and uh, Annabeth Gish, it's directed by Bruce Beresford and written by David Weisberg and Douglas Cook, and it's distributed by Paramount Pictures. So before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, hit us with the financials.
2: All right, so 1999, um, this was a success at the box office. Had a budget of seventy million. However, domestically it brought in around one hundred seventeen million, and international a little over sixty million. So this made almost one hundred ten million dollars. Can you guys believe that? Yes. In ninety nine. Oh, well, you liked it a lot, huh? Yeah, um, and so not only to say that it was success, it was success opening weekend, uh, making a little over seven million coming in at number one. There were over 17 movies, according to Box Office Mojo, that were in theaters that time. Out of these 17, only two I don't recognize. I would love to read you guys all of these. It came in at number one with Double Jeopardy. Number 17, The Haunting. Uh, oh, I
3: remember that. One.
2: 16 was Notting Hill. 15, mm-hmm. oh, Wild Wild West. Ooh. Okay, it gets better. Okay. Classic. Mystery Men, isn't that where oh, Smash Mouth? Mal- all stars oh, That came yeah, out, yeah. yeah. So Mystery Men. This is one I don't know. Outside Providence. I've never heard of this movie. Um, American Pie. Uh, Mickey Blue Eyes is the other one I don't know. And then it was The 13th Warrior, Star Wars Episode I, Bowfinger. Thomas Crown Affair, Runaway Bride, Stir of Echo, Stigmata, American Beauty, and The Sixth Sense, but Double Jeopardy did come in at number one. Wow, I think, so it, was lot.
1: I think it was number one for three weeks Yeah, in a it's row. a lot
2: of movies that are like really good, I think, you know, so I thought that was really cool. Um, I did read, like you are saying, Jason, it was a number one film, I think for three weeks in a row. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, those are financials. Huge success. And you could see it had um, some movies it was going up against. I think, though, out of all those, this was its opening weekend. The other ones had been in for numerous weeks. But but, but really successful financial movie.
3: All right, Jason, uh, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics... uh 27% of the critics liked it with an average rating of 4.44 out of 10 with 86 ratings, 23 fresh, 63 rotten. And then the audience uh 61% of the audience gave it a 3.5 or higher with an average rating of 3.51. There's over 178,000 ratings, so pretty big disparity between the critics and the audience. Um and then IMDb had a 6.5 out of 10 with 71,000 reviews. And I looked at the demos on this one too, and here it was different. The women overall had it at a 7.0, where men I think had it at a 6.4. So women rated this a lot higher. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm probably right in the middle between the critics and the and the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't know how you guys feel. What are you guys thinking?
2: I mean, I'll get into my trash or treasure, but I don't think it aged well for me. <laughs> I liked it when it came out. When I just recently watched it for this, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like mixed about it.
3: But yeah, that, that's the ratings. Okay. So Jason, uh, take us behind the scenes. All right. So I'm gonna start the sauce saying it wasn't a lot of behind the scenes, <laughs> but I kind of want to talk about first before we get into you know what I did find. What Double Jeopardy actually is. So cool. when you guys think about Double Jeopardy, what do you guys think it's about? Like, what do you think it means? Alex Trebek. That's what I thought too.
2: You knew that was good. I thought
3: the next one was going to be Final Jeopardy, too. I was just like waiting for it. but um. That's that's the sequel.
2: (laughs) For sure,
1: I think this movie introduced uh, the term Double Jeopardy to a lot of people. It didn't do a great job at introducing what that exactly meant, but I don't think a lot of people knew what Double Jeopardy was before this movie came out. And then after the movie came out, people still didn't know what it was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll learn here that the movie does not do a very good job of depicting what a true double jeopardy is. But I mean, just to be clear, uh, I looked up Cornell Law School. Do you know why I would look up Cornell? The office. There you go. Um, So uh, they say that the double jeopardy clause in the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution prohibits anyone from being prosecuted twice for substantially the same crime. There are four essential protections Uh, included in this. So the four are um, retrial after an acquittal. So let's say you go to trial and they find you innocent. You can't be retried if something else comes out like you're just, it is what it is. Um, After a conviction, so if you get convicted of it, you can't be brought up again to then be proven innocent. You would just have your conviction exonerated. After certain mistrials, they don't allow multiple punishments, so you can't get retried again and punished again. Again, according to Wikipedia, when we look at this movie now, it doesn't really hold true. So I was talking about this with you guys in pre-production. There was a nine-minute YouTube video by this lawyer out of Michigan, his name is Steve Leto, and he does legal reviews on on movies that deal with like legality, like uh, like this movie maybe, I think he does A, f- a Few Good Men, He does some other ones where uh, there's a lot of legality in it and he titles his video uh, the worst legal movie ever and he just trashes the movie he talks about how the performances are great but he calls bullshit on this whole movie because they do not stick to what a double jeopardy actually is Um, he provides an example and it kind of makes sense when he says it this way he's like an example is like let's say you were to rob a bank so like we go down the street you rob a bank you get convicted of it you get released and then you go and rob the bank again the same yeah. bank yeah you, you're robbing a bank you're yeah. robbing a bank again and the the idea is so when we look at Ashley Judd like yes she gets convicted of it and then she serves her sentence she gets out on like early probation but that conviction that murder happened on a certain day at a certain time in a certain area so when they are in prison and the one ex-lawyer comes up and says, "You can literally walk up in Times Square and shoot him in the head." That's false, right? That's false yeah. because it's it a different ha- time. Yeah. So what he describes is what I was kind of talking about earlier: is where she would first be exonerated. Let's say that they, you know, Nick Parsons is still alive; her husband's still alive. So they would exonerate her old sent her old sentence, saying, "Like, hey, sorry, we fucked up." But then now, now she's in Louisiana. She's in New Orleans. She's going to get prosecuted because again, it's a different crime now. Yeah. So it it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but when he breaks it down that way, it kind of makes sense when he has that bank example.
1: Yeah. It seems, um, it does seem pretty easy because the entire situation is different. Like the outcome might be what she was already convicted of, but if you're convicted of killing your husband on a yacht with a knife on a specific day, and then you actually kill your husband with a gun in a different area, not only like the legality of like, it's a completely different state, so the state can prosecute if they wanted. Because um, I don't know if she was prosecuted by the state or federally. But if you remember the lawyer, when she was talking to Ashley Judd in prison, she said, The state says you already killed your husband, which leads me to believe that the state is the one that prosecuted her. Which means she could be prosecuted federally and at the, a different state level, since if she were to actually kill him again in a different state.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what he was kind of talking about too, because yeah. it's in a different state. Like that state can choose to prosecute her as well. And the the movie does a weird thing at the end to kind of justify why she's not going to jail at least for this. We're gonna just put away all the other crimes she's committed up until this <laughs> right. point. Yeah. Um, but for this example, it could be interpreted as self-defense. Right. So in that case, she would be justified in right. shooting Nick. But outside of that, like technically, like well, I'll get into the other stuff she did uh, in my trash and treasure. Um, but she does a lot of illegal things uh, up until this point, which she could be prosecuted for. So. We've seen an example of how Double Jeopardy does not work, but I just wanted to talk about a couple where it did work just because I find this interesting. Because when I watched this movie the first time, I don't know how you guys felt, but when I watched it the first time, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like, right. this lawyer saying it, kind of taking it at face oh, value. I'm not,
2: I'm not gonna lie. Up until we did research, I thought that that was actually true. Like, she would never get in trouble <laughs> until yeah. you're like, this is bullshit.
3: And the way they say it, it's so simplified, you're kind of like, oh, Kind of makes sense. How are you going to prosecute me for something that- Yeah. Uh, I already, already paid
2: the consequence for yeah. yeah.
3: But it's like hearing this lawyer, and again, I'm taking this lawyer's word at face value. So he yeah. could be wrong. I don't know. But um, I, I like that he's an actual lawyer in Michigan and he was talking about this. So it sounds legit in the way he describes it, it does, but I'm going to share, share a couple of them with you, just just these quick cases, just to show you how it really works. So bear with me on this one. This one's a little complicated. The other ones are pretty easy. but there was this guy that got convicted of a misdemeanor assault uh, against his girlfriend. So it happened uh, early April. He was charged on April 24th, but on April 17th, she passed away from the injuries, but they did not tell the prosecutors that she had passed away. So he just got charged with the misdemeanor um, assault against her. So now after he's already been convicted of that, he did whatever you know BS he had to do to pay his, his stuff. I don't think he went to jail. I think he just, um, like some kind of probation. But after he did that, then they found out that she had died because he's already been charged with this. They can't charge him with the murder because he's already been charged with this. She died after that and he's already been sentenced. It's on... I don't know whose fault, but it's probably the prosecutors, they should have been on top of her. Right. Now she already had a pre- pre-existing condition. I think she had cancer, but he assaulted her. He gets brought up, but she had already passed away. So now you can't charge him with the murder because he's already been charged with the manslaughter. It's weird how this works. She passed away before he was um, sentenced. Yeah.
1: But they just didn't know. They didn't know. I wonder if I wonder, and I bet that it would have changed had she passed away after the sentencing. Could have. Because I think in this case, it might make sense that the prosecutors should have known that she had passed away, and because they didn't, and that was on them, it satisfied that double jeopardy clause, but um, because I also think that when situation or facts change that create a different scenario, then I think that also sort of negates the double jeopardy rule.
3: Yeah, and so again, so he got sentenced April 24th. She died April 17th, but it wasn't even ruled a homicide until right. April 30th. So it's uh, after the fact, but he's already been charged with it. Right. It's, it's interesting how this works. Um, the other ones, like I was talking about those four qualities of the double jeopardy are the acquittals. So this one I thought was interesting. There was a case of this 20, 27 year old. He got acquitted for the murder of a coworker in 2004. But just recently, recently a couple of years ago, he admitted and confessed to the murder. Well, he's already been acquitted. You cannot retry him again. It's just the law. It's interesting. That's like so he's, crazy.
2: So, you, so like O.J. Simpson could come out and say he killed Nicole and he will never be charged with it, right? So that's what I
3: was gonna kind of oh, end on. Yeah, no, no, you're good, no. So O.J., of course, he got acquitted for the murders of uh, Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. yeah. But he tried to come out with that book, do you remember?
2: If I Did It. Oh, if, if I Did, I did It. it. Yeah.
3: And I don't think the book ever
2: hit the shelves. Because I think the Brown family somehow had rights where they could alter the actual uh, um, cover, and what they did is they put "if" in small letters, and then I did it, and I, I think he didn't want that, so I don't. I think you're right. I don't think it ever came out.
3: Yeah. So I guess they found out that described in the book, he very graphically, very detailed, uh, hypothesized if he were to do it. If yeah. he were to do it, so. A lot of outrage ensued and then it started to get these wheels turning in people's heads like, hey, can we go back, go back and now bring him up to trial again? But you can't because he of this already clause. he's yeah. already acquitted. So I thought that was really interesting um, seeing like how it really plays out in the real world. Again, diving into the script. Uh, now, now let's talk about the
2: movie. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the movie now. I just want to like get that out yeah. there
3: because I feel like
2: no, that's like, a big deal. It's a big deal. Like I'll
3: admit, like yeah. I was naive and I just kind of said, "Oh, this must be how it works." And I watched the movie. I was like, "Oh, okay, It's interesting." I never knew about this. I never looked at it twice after that. I just assumed this was correct, and it really isn't.
1: I think that's why the the movie does such a disservice to the whole double jeopardy thing is because it's not factual, but most people have taken it as factual and. Incorrectly so, so.
3: Yeah, they just run with it. Like, oh, this must be right. Wonder if that's got anyone in trouble, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: but I I was already convicted. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. yeah.
3: I watched this movie, you (laughs) remember? You remember. Um, So the script, so writing team, David Weisberg and Douglas Cook, they wrote some movies together. Um, They, I guess they were childhood friends. It's kind of sad to say, Cook recently died in 2015 at the age of 56, but they also wrote another movie that I think some of us hold near and dear. The Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they also wrote The Rock together. Uh, I see Kerlin shrugging his shoulders and stuff. It's good. It's great. It's, yeah, it's amazing, actually. So to talk about the director a little bit, according to a interview on CineLife bruce Bresford, who also directed driving miss daisy in paradise road he was asked about his experience making double jeopardy uh it's a very different film for him it's more of a thriller i think you think of driving miss daisy it's definitely not a thriller Um, he wasn't opposed to it but he he he'd been given scripts over the years that just didn't you know catch his attention so he said he kind of liked this one it took a little bit of convincing but when the interviewer asked him this question, this was his, uh, his response. It was, well, it came in a funny sort of way because I spent 18 months trying to set up a film called Our Country's Good, from a play that was in turn adapted from Tom Neely's novel, The Playmaker. I was doing it with Merchant Ivory. We got the money for the film, but we couldn't get any actors to be in it. So finally, my agent called me and said, you gotta quit this Australian film game. You're not gonna cast in it. I'm going to send you a thriller script. And he said, I can't do a thriller. I've never done anything like that. He said it was a good script and send it to me anyway. He was in Oxford, England at the time. He read it, I called him and told him I thought it was actually a good script. It was unusual and interesting, but I don't really think I'm the right person for it. He said, well, the studio wants you and you've got to face the fact you haven't worked in two years. You haven't earned any money. So he just flew to LA after that. So he's been out of work, trying to get funding for this film, just, you know, not making it happen, and he just took it by chance. I i mean, he did a pretty it's good directed, job.
2: I think it's directed okay. Yeah,
3: think? I think he did a good job yeah. for just taking this by chance. Um, he talks about how he, he loves thrillers, but he just never came across a script that he liked. Um, what really sold him on it, though, was when Jodie Foster was attached to it. He thought uh, it would be interesting directing and working with her. Um, she would later drop out because she became pregnant, but that's what really attached him to the film.
1: I also read that she was very headstrong. What, yeah, did she you see wanted not
2: her way, right, or something
1: like that. There if was it a wasn't... disagreement about something, and she was talking to the director about something or a writer, and oh, yeah, she was like, "Yeah, we're going to do it my way," and he was I'll, like, "Uh." I'll
3: quote that in a second. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so just finish up the script. Uh, according to the director Bruce Brassford, uh Robert Benton. Did an uncredited ten-day rewrite shortly before production began. So right before they started filming, he did a quick rewrite. I didn't know who Robert Benton is. Do you know who that no. is? Um, he wrote or helped write the Superman movie from 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked. He wrote Kramer versus Kramer and then uh, Bonnie and Clyde. So uh-huh. a lot of older films, but I guess they were friends. And this is according to Bruce Bresford. He's the one that said that. So so when we get to the cast. Um, I guess we gotta talk about Ashley Judd first. Yeah, How do you guys think she did? I thought she, she did, did good. good. She's fine. I think she did great. Um, <laughs> she uh, She's also in Heat, uh, which I love that movie. Uh, Kiss the Girls, Divergent. Um, oh, that's right, she's
2: in Divergent. Yeah. Is Divergent that recent one? It's like the, the B-level movie of Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And,
3: I think it was like a book series and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, this is one fact I thought was weird about it, was she was the main character the main protagonist, but she took second billing to Tommy Lee Jones.
1: Tommy Lee Jones, for sure, was probably uh, the more noticeable. Yeah. Sure. Sure.
3: But yeah. I mean, it, I mean, she's definitely the star. Yeah. I think that's
1: how it normally works, though. Does it? Like the most famous person gets top billing usually because that's like the name that people see the first. Am I wrong? I don't know. No, you're right. That's, you're right. that's usually how it goes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So. And he doesn't even show up for like the first third of the movie.
3: Yeah, he doesn't show up actually until 33 minutes 33 in. Minutes yeah, in, into yeah. the movie. So, do you know who else was offered this role as Elizabeth Parsons? Jo- Jodie Foster, Jody Foster. Was right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, oh, that's right. Meg Ryan, and Brooke Shields. They
2: were all offered it and they declined.
3: Uh, they all declined the role. Yep. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Jodie Foster was, you know, like I said, attached to the script for a while.
2: But yeah, she was actually going to do it, right? Yeah she, yeah, she she was
3: going to do it, and this is directly from the director. He says she said to me once when we were having not an argument, we had a difference of. A, Difference of view over something. And she said, we'll have to do it my way, I'm afraid. And I said, why? And she said, because I'm so intelligent. I'm such an intelligent person that there is no point in disagreeing with me because I'm always right. He goes on to say, I thought she was joking, but she wasn't. She had this extraordinary opinion of her own IQ.
1: It's so interesting because when I was reading that, I could read it in Jodie Foster's voice. Like I could picture her saying that. You could picture. I, I can't. You know, I could picture her saying that. Um, in, uh, she just As nice her character person? from. As her character from. Um, Sands of limbs No, what's that? Um, what's that alien movie? Oh, Contact. Contact. That's <laughs> that's who Uh-oh. I picture her saying it as. Really? Yeah.
3: Maybe. She's I also don't... in Panic Room too. Panic oh, Room man. is a great movie. Right. Inside Men, though, she's kind of a butthead in that. Oh. She's like kind of arrogant. Maybe, maybe that kind of role. I don't know. I just I saw this. I was like, man, that that's, doesn't come off very well. So, moving on, we have Tommy Lee Jones, which I think does a great job in the movie. He's been in a lot of movies. A lot of
1: movies like this movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so we were talking about this earlier, and um, Patrick was saying that The Fugitive, U.S. Marshals, is kind of like number one, number two, and then this is number three. I looked it up. Um, Tommy Lee Jones has the same character name in The Fugitive and U.S. Marshals, but not in this movie. Oh. So... Uh, according to what I looked at. So it could be number three. It kind of makes sense. But uh, he, I mean, he's also been in Batman Forever, Men in Black, No Country for All Men, right. Captain right. America, First Avenger. So Under Siege. He's the Under
2: villain siege. in that one. Love there you it. go.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so Tommy Lee Jones earned $10 million for appearing in this film. Again, he played similar roles in the other movies. And then, like I said earlier, even though he received the top billing, I mean, he doesn't show up until 33 minutes into it. So... Which I think you is. A- Ten million to do this
2: movie? Yeah. Oh God. It's a lot.
3: <laughs> I think so.
2: How much did Ashley Judd do you have that? No, I
3: don't. Yeah. Yeah. I could look that up. Um, and then Bruce Greenwood plays Nicholas Parsons or whatever his other names are. Uh, <laughs> Simon Ryder, Jonathan Devereux. Yeah. I knew I recognized him, but I couldn't place him. I don't know. Could you guys place him? Mm
2: I only know him from this movie, I think. Muggs, could you place him? I, I, I can recognize him, but I can't place him.
3: I'm sure you can, Kerwin.
2: Yeah, he's Captain Pike in Star Trek. Yep.
3: That's, that's the only thing I remember. Before. So he's, he's also a National Treasure Book of and Secrets? And that's he's what
2: it is. he's the president of oh, National, National Treasure. Oh, he's the president, yeah. Kerwin has not seen that masterpiece yet.
3: No. Oh. no, we're doing after this. We are yeah. supposed to record that soon. We got Deja Vu. He's in Deja Vu. He's an iRobot. Oh, he is oh, an iRobot. An yeah. And then this one, I'm surprised you didn't get mugs. He's in the People versus OJ Simpson. The I have not watched that the all the way oh, You haven't? Yeah, I've,
2: I've, I've, it's I've good, done. Muggs. I've done the the documentary that ESPN3 yeah. not that one. I haven't. That's with Q.B. Gooding Jr., right?
3: And and John Travolta yeah, and all that. Not, yeah,
2: I've seen episodes, but I haven't seen it all the way through. It
3: was on FX. Did you see that teaser? No? Yeah, I it heard was good. it was. It year. was really good. Uh, and then I didn't know this. He did a lot of voice over acting. Uh, for Batman, Bruce Wayne. So he did Batman Under the Red Hood, Young Justice, and then Batman Gotham by Gaslight. All awesome, by the way. I didn't know he did that stuff, I thought yeah. that was pretty neat.
2: This guy's had a pretty good career then, huh?
3: Yeah, I was yeah. like, gee, I, I could've listed so many more movies, like he wow. just has these small parts, and I was like, I know I recognize him, yeah. but all I think is Double Jeopardy when I was watching, I was like, yeah. I cannot place you anywhere. Um, so Greg Kinnear was also offered the part. Oh, that kind sense. of a similar yeah. look, yeah. I guess he does the same thing in another movie called Bitter Vengeance that came out in '94, where he fakes his death while out at sea on a yacht to frame his wife. Like almost the identical fucking thing. That's probably know. how I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's all I have for cast, unless you guys got anything else. Nope. I think
1: we all pretty much read the same set of facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the same five facts. There wasn't
3: much, man, there no. wasn't much. So I had to combine production and locations because there is literally nothing on the production of this movie.
1: There's a lot on location, though.
3: There's a lot on location, yeah. yeah.
1: Which is interesting.
3: So uh, filming dates, so they filmed uh, from July 15th, 98, to October 21st, 98, so relatively short. Principal photography began in Vancouver. Um, in July. They went a few different places. They went to Whidbey Island, Washington as well, Evergreen, Colorado. And they, they said they went to San Francisco. So it says they went there, but I know you were talking about earlier, like you thought it was just like a- Well, I mean, you see San Francisco in some high rise.
1: Yeah. No, they were saying, I, I read something that said that when they're in San Francisco looking out of the windows of the apartment, it's actually the, the British Columbia skyline. You can see the uh, Vancouver hotel. So, they probably really? just did like an aerial mm-hmm. shot of San Francisco mm-hmm. in that. So. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was a real Wimbley Island. Wembley? Uh, Whidbey. Whidbey Island. Where is that?
3: So, the greater, it says the greater Vancouver area doubles for Whidbey Island. Oh, got it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But
1: I wonder if Whidbey Island is like a real thing, a real place.
3: Yeah, I have no idea. You have no idea if it would hey, be. Siri. Yeah. It would be, couldn't be. I don't oh, know. Oh,
1: no, not real Siri. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm going to Google Whidbey. Right, would nice. be,
3: um, and then for the last quarter of the movie, they moved production to New Orleans. So I, th- I thought that was cool that they actually shot it in yeah. New Orleans. Um, it's in Washington? Would be Island? Mm-hmm. No, New okay. Orleans. <laughs> Just Jeez. So yeah, you're right So it's, t- it's a real place. Yeah, it is. But they, they used Vancouver, Vancouver to for double the, for it for the set. And then the prison scenes uh, were filmed in Eastern Oregon Correctional Facility in Oregon. I guess it's in Salem. Yeah, Corinne, you always said
2: that a lot of movie companies would film in Canada because it was cheaper, right? Like, like the hours wise are different wise how they can tax, work. And, tax, and, tax, yeah, breaks tax breaks, yeah, like tax breaks,
0: other yeah. stuff like that. So, like, uh, you'll see a lot of like New York, Toronto, uh, yeah. L.A., Toronto. Yeah. Like a lot of places. A lot of a lot of filming happens in Toronto for like U.S. cities.
3: And then the ferry scenes were filmed on the Tri Island Ferry between Port McNeil on Northern Vancouver Island, Albert Bay on. Sorry. Alert Bay on Cormorant Island, and another one on Malcolm Island, I'm not gonna to try to pronounce that. <laughs> um, the scene where they shoot kind of underwater uh, with Timely Jones and Ashley Judd, uh, they filmed this at the John C. Stennis Space Center, and it was like, the only film to ever be allowed to shoot there. It's in Gainesville, Mississippi, and they did their own stunts. So I didn't know that Timley Jones was, I guess, a really good scuba diver. So Does anyone know that? <laughs> I, so I, didn't, I, I just had no idea. Um, I know, yeah, I know now. But I guess when the, the crew brought it up to Ashley Judd to kind of do the scene with him, she immediately signed up for scuba lessons and learned how to do it because while they're down there, there's other people around giving them air so they can right. continue to film. So I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. And then the co-producer, Richard Rothschild, says about when they're filming in New Orleans, like like when there's tons of tourists and stuff like that, he said, the European look of the French Quarter is great, but the look presents a challenge. Production companies need a lot of space to lay out vehicles and equipment and cameras and lights, and essentially there's no space in the quarter. There's no space to stand, no space to work, no space to get out of the way of hundreds of tourists who flock to you every time you start to shoot. That would be frustrating as hell. It's interesting
1: that they couldn't just close off sections of the street and fill it with
3: extras they don't talk about doing that? I mean, I know they need people there too, but how do you, I don't know how you would do that because it is so tight. Like, how would you cut that off? Um, I feel like that's true with a lot of older
1: cities. You know, when you go to places like New York or New Orleans where the streets are a lot smaller, the space is a lot more limited. Things generally are built up high and uh, very close to the, the streets, you know, with little, very little sidewalk room. I would imagine it would pre- present a challenge when you have so much equipment that you need to fit in there.
0: Yeah, and then you also gotta take like the local businesses into account. Like are they willing to shut down like right. on a particular day for how many hours? And then you might have to film things like guerrilla style like we talked about in um, Elf Good Time or Elf. <laughs> like you have to, you gotta just film. Like there's yeah. people mm-hmm. around, just fuck it. You gotta just film and hope nobody gets in the way, I guess. And I,
2: I would imagine a city like New Orleans doesn't cater to the film industry. They're not built off it. Whereas like New York and LA, like they kind of like, okay, what do you need? Here you go, you they know They expect, I mean? you, yeah, yeah. yeah
3: yeah it's probably a big ask for just local businesses right. and stuff like that to just shut down because they yeah. depend on the tourism and stuff the like other that. thing
1: too is like new orleans is a very specific type of like architecture that you have to replicate versus like you can go to any street in la and it could be any place in the world
2: well if you do the the universal studios tour they don't have a baton rouge or louisiana like new orleans area. area they have new york they have, they the they don't western have that. they don't have new, new they don't have new orleans
3: So that's like all I really have on the production locations. Do you guys have anything else on it? (laughs) No. Nah, man. I I started to go down this rabbit hole of when she's in um, the cemetery and she's in, what do you call that? Like a... Mausoleum. Like a mausoleum. And they talked about how decomposed a body would actually look right. and stuff like that. But I didn't want to go venture down that too much. I, I kind of did. <laughs> I, I mean, I was, I was just scraping the bottom of the barrel like yeah. you were talking about. It was it was rough. So the score was done by Norman Corbelli. There wasn't a lot on the score, but Corbelli, I didn't... It's interesting. He won a BAFTA award for an Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences award for composing the soundtrack for the 2010 PlayStation 3 video game, Heavy Rain. Oh. I remember this game. Really? Did not play it. was on PS3, right? Uh, yeah, PS3. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I included this too is because we were talking about uh, one of the writers dying at age 56. He died in 2013 from pancreatic cancer at age 56 as well. Wow. Yeah, kind of a bummer.
1: Debbie Downer oh. over here. Yeah,
3: sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the awards, they were nominated for a few. Ashley Judd was nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Female Performance, and then she was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award uh, for Favorite Actress in Suspense, which she won. And then Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for Favorite Actor, and Bruce Greenwood was nominated for a Favorite Supporting Actor in Suspense with Blockbuster Entertainment Award, so. Okay, I didn't even know
1: that Blockbuster had awards. Did anybody what? know this? Yes. What did they show it on? Was it on? T- was it televised? Yeah, it was t- televised. You're lying, TJ. You had to rent it to watch
2: it. Come
3: on. <laughs> no, it was televised. Really? Yeah, it was televised.
2: TJ, I'm with you. I had no you're, idea existed. Are you existed. lying? I had no idea.
3: Ex- TJ, I'm with you, man. I, don't I don't had fair, no that's idea. True. <laughs> I had no idea this should exist. Yeah, so blockbuster, yeah.
2: Jason, you, are you lying? Blockbuster Wait, blockbuster the
0: award.
1: I can't <laughs> tell if you're lying what? or not. So, what channel was it on? Look at me in my eyeballs. <laughs> no, I swear to God.
3: <laughs> I think the award was like a. Uh it was like an old school like cup with popcorn like a No, that's cup. an MTV music video. That's an MTV Award, yeah. No, I No, I, the
0: MTV Movie Award is gold popcorn in a cup. I'm not saying Blockbuster didn't have the same award. I, okay, but. well, I'm
3: getting it fixed. I know there a note exists. So, wasn't the Blockbuster award like a wouldn't it be
0: like a rental tape or something? That you could Blockbuster and rent?
3: Well, no, I'm, it's just maybe it's like a golden I'm case Googling with the VHS. Oh okay, yeah, give me one second. I know this is real.
1: There were only 7 of them, so <laughs> <laughs> seven awards or seven shows? Seven, seven <laughs> annual shows. <laughs> After having run for seven consecutive years, they announced that they were canceling the awards. What was it oh, aired on? No.
3: Huh? What was it aired on?
1: Well, they did it at the Pantages Theater, so that's prestigious, I think. CBS signed a contract to screen the awards in late 1994.
3: Hmm. There you go. See? Real thing.
1: Winners were determined by votes cast by customers in blockbuster stores. That doesn't seem like a very legit way to, to get winners. There's
3: a lot of people that won these awards, though.
1: The ballot consisted of the year's three top grossing films, videos, and music albums in 33 categories.
3: So they were taking themselves
0: so seriously then. Like they, they were trying to. Yeah, they thought they were going to be like the next Oscars or MTV movie awards.
3: See, it's a real thing. I well, know.
1: I knew it was a real thing. I just didn't know. And looks I bet like, it was. It
3: looks like their awards. It's like a little plaque with like a disc in it. That's, that's kind of lame. Yeah, it's not. A it's not a. Yeah, with like a disc, and I don't know. You so can get that at
2: things remembered. Tape would have been good. Say what? A gold cassette tape would have been cool. Yeah, yeah that so, would have been cool. Yeah.
3: So those are the awards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just have some fun facts, and I hope you guys have something too. So first one, it's not that fun, but it's just a fact. <laughs> false advertising yeah yeah, it's a fact yeah so this is the facts part and i'll get to fun facts after that um ashley judd and timely jones appeared with val kilmer in different films in the same year yeah he and batman forever both in 95 and then when she's in prison and she's calling Angela, Angie? Right. Those payphones don't take coins and she's putting coins into the into the payphone. They don't (laughs) take coins.
1: Also, did it strike anybody else as odd that I mean, this must have been like a minimum security prison, right? Because like they gave the prisoners scissors to cut hair. They let them have fire on the candles. Like the security guards just like opening up the door for them to walk in a cake with candles on it. And I feel like most prisoners aren't allowed to have fire and scissors. Or they allow her to work out in the rain solo. By herself. Unsupervised. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like a very minimum security. She probably could have broken out. Yeah, wanted. there's no
0: cells because they all bunk in like one large hall.
3: Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh is, yeah. Yeah. Just based off of other TV Orange's New Black. I mean, they have a little salon they cut hair and stuff like that too in it. And that's way newer. It must be
1: like a different it must be a different kind of prison.
3: It must be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think it's like a you know, Supermax security. No, it must not yeah. be. Yeah.
1: Um Which is weird because like the women that she's with are actual murderers.
3: Well, I mean to them too she's an actual murderer. I mean, right. they don't I guess know. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then th- this I was talking about this earlier with you guys, but when Ashley Judd flies to New Orleans, she still has the freaking gun. Yeah. Man. This pisses me off like that you would cannot, not be allowed. First of all, if you're a felon, you're a convicted felon, you can't own a firearm legally. You right. just can't. Second, you can't even put it in your checked luggage. Like you cannot put a gun in there. So right. it's like when she busted that gun out in the mausoleum in the in the coffin, like I was like, well, how, how does she still have this? Like she also bullshit. probably
1: wouldn't even be allowed to fly. Like she's an escaped parole violator. They certainly would have had notices about that, and she probably couldn't have
3: left on a plane anywhere. I would imagine, but I mean, they're probably using what dial-up at this time. It probably takes a long time to check some people. <laughs> there's <laughs> a, lot, there's a lot of dial-up
0: in this movie. Yeah.
3: <laughs> The ferry from Whidbey Island, um, they only load cars. So when Timely Jones gets her from the jail after she goes to the school and gets the records or whatever, she gets caught by the police. Now she's in like this, you know, holding cell. Right. Um, So they're driving. He's taking her back, obviously to take her back to prison because she's not complying with the rules. When they get on the ferry, the cars are backwards. They're backwards. Yeah. So they load in one direction. They sail in that same way. And then they kind of go forward. Not to mention that there are a lot of precautions where there are blocks, like huge, heavy blocks. Like cinder blocks. Yeah, in front of the tires of the cars in the front. So if anything were to happen, they're not gonna go off. And then the worst part is with the Geo Metro, call back to the Geo Metro, had one. 1991 three Ooh, cylinder, wow. can't beat it. Three oh, whole cylinders? Three whole cylinders, wow. man. It Damn. was like 52 miles of the gallon. I did not even know the main cars way. that were three cylinders. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think it was just a Geo Metro. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Dude, nothing ever went wrong with that car. Straight ever. line three cylinder, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like 60, 70 horsepower. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I wish they'd bring that back. Can
0: some some other His car company, company car. bring that shit back? <laughs> can I, do, can I no. do a quick
3: story real quick? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Just a go quick ahead. story. All right. So we went to Route 66 in San Bernardino. They had like the car show and stuff. We were still in high school or maybe like first year of college and I took a couple of my buddies and I'm driving the Geo. There's four of us in this car. We went over there, fine, smooth sailing. But I forget what on-ramp I was trying to get on. So we're leaving now to come back home and it's at an incline. And I got four of us in the car and I swear to God, like I am pushing my foot on the accelerator all the way to the ground, and you just hear the, the engine whining, like, Meh. and it's manual, too. So I'm in fifth, and it's just, it's, we ain't, we're ain't we barely moving. I was like, dude, I'm going to have to Flintstone it up here because I'm <laughs> not moving right now. punch. <laughs> how my much of this. an
1: incline was this? Dude, I, I'm
3: trying to remember what, what on-ramp it was. I mean, was. every,
1: or a lot of on-ramps out here, at least, are inclines, right? Like, how did you get over a little mountain or anything?
3: No, 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 the, I lived in Rancho. Mm-hmm. oh yeah so it was like flash trees. i think it was like one of those drop down on ramps to get on the freeway but Got coming it. back I had to get an incline to go up to I the. Mean, fr-
1: yeah most off-ramps are up
3: that's crazy yeah it was a uh, it was not a fun experience but yeah great car uh but yeah so <laughs> back to the story yeah so when she hits that car and it goes off the backside but it's Facing that way It should be facing The opposite way Right And then It shouldn't even be possible There should be alarms Going off when this happens So
1: Gates yeah, Yeah I mean I've never been On a ferry like that But wouldn't there be gates That block Like after all the cars are on That you would like Pull a gate I don't know
3: Yeah and I think they Uh they put like some like I kept reading different things but, like huge like heavy tires, like there's a barricade there where they cannot right. pass while they're doing this. So and it's just like so I, I like the scene, but I just think that's kinda of bullshit. I wish I would have done that better.
1: It's also crazy that no one would notice that like a car
2: was driving back and forth on the platform. Three cars go overboard and no one says anything. No two, one knows I think. It. is it two or three? It's just the metro Their car and, and the metro uh, car. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But to me, like that just seems crazy. And then no one notices, except Tommy Lee Jones notices like the tail end of the Metro going down. Like No one else noticed a bright red car in the water. Well, like you said, Muggs is just like, um, nobody noticed the first hit where she yeah. backs into the car, and then she
0: hits the Metro, backs into the car again, knocks the Metro off. Like you're saying, TJ, like nobody hears or sees any, any of this, yeah. and they have a clear view from where they're all chilling getting coffee and stuff.
1: The other thing that I would say is, do you know how hard it is to back up with like from the passenger you know how hard it is to back up a car in general without then, a camera and then yeah. Yeah, without a back without a, without a back camera and then she's doing it from the passenger side reaching over pressing the brake and the gas from the passenger side i don't know how that's possible one-handed one-handed, one-handed. Yeah. and then like able to brake, like obviously she like hits the car but like able to brake like that and stop before she goes over, that would have never happened.
3: No, no, I mean, again, I like the idea of the scene, but the executions kind of, it's interesting. And she makes some really weird sounds too when she hits that car. Just go back and watch it. It's really delayed and it's some really weird sounds when she hits that Volkswagen behind her. No spoilers or anything, but I don't think (laughs) I'm going back to watch it. (laughs) Um, But that's all I have for Fun facts. You guys have anything to add?
2: Uh, Ashley Judd's a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan. That's
3: all I got. There you go. (laughs) TJ, anything? (laughs) Nothing.
2: Uh,
0: No relation to Judd Apatow. So I thought they were related, but... (laughs) (laughs) They're not. Just want to make sure.
3: And that's all I got, Kerwin.
0: All right. After a hefty amount of research, we make our move on to
2: experience. So... Mugga, tell us your experience with Double Jeopardy. I I enjoyed it when I first watched it, and I watched this in theaters. I was in, I think it was... College. You can't see, <laughs> but I'm fucking gonna double jeopardy <laughs> TJ right now. Um, I, I watched it in high school. I think it was my j- junior and senior year summer, and that's when I watched it. But yeah, I, I, actually, I actually enjoyed it when it was out. Again, though, I thought this was along the lines of, this is, could actually happen, this is real. <laughs> now it's different, but yeah.
1: DJ, why don't you tell us your experience with Double Jeopardy? All right, so I can't actually remember when I first saw this movie. It must have been on TV. I know for sure I didn't see it in theaters. It must have just been on like HBO or TV or something and I just happened to watch it. And I actually, I really like this movie. So anytime it's on, I'll watch it. Like I've watched it already. It's on Netflix right now. I've watched it not only in preparation for this podcast but I also had watched it right before you asked me to be on the podcast so I kind of like this. So yeah, I don't remember what my experience was. I must've just watched it at home when it was on TV or something.
2: But see, that's why we wanted, liked it. we wanted to do it because I saw it was on Netflix and I wanted to watch it again. I'm like, oh, let's do this, because it was there. I, I enjoyed it when I first watched it too, but, but then you it's, not, it again. it's not aged well in my opinion, but yeah.
3: Jason, what is your experience with Double Jeopardy? So mine's similar to TJ. I, I don't remember the first time. I know we rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, did you wow. vote? No. Oh, well, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we rented it. I think my mom rented it, watched it with my mom and my sister, and it was, it, I, I liked it too. I'll be honest, it came on Netflix, I watched it too. Yeah. I was like, ooh, See? Double Jeopardy. Um, I didn't really recognize it from the icon, it looked different than I remembered. they been doing some weird things with their icons lately. Yeah. I feel like they change sometimes too, but yeah, they, they do, it, like, they do almost almost all the time. Every week. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. Yeah. So, and I feel
1: like if you watch it, it changes it again.
3: Really, yeah, I'll it to go changes back and check.
1: it
0: changes the thumbnail the thumbnail yeah, yeah, the thumbnail changes or it's like where you left off last, which is weird mm. too
3: but yeah, I mean, nothing you know memorable about this, but uh yeah, no, I remember liking it the first time I saw it, so that's why I watched it again, but it has yeah. it hasn't really aged very well, and then doing the research, you know my opinion of it has lessened a little bit,
1: yeah, well, I think our expectations as movies have gone a lot better yeah. in the last i mean I would say even in the last five years, I feel like. Yeah, movies have just gone a lot better and been a lot smarter, right? The writing has been a lot smarter. Our expectations have changed a little bit than 1999.
0: Uh, my experience with the movie, uh, I had never seen this movie before,
2: so this is my first really? time, yeah, never oh. watched it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, this is my first time watching it. Uh, so your your score is gonna be different than ours, because I think we have a little bit of a nostalgia, huh? Yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: yeah. But um, yeah, it was on Netflix. Uh, watched it this morning. I, I was like exhausted when I woke up, and this movie definitely did not help. Like, I had to rewind it a couple of times. But, like, um, yeah, I think it was like 10 in the morning I watched it, and yeah, that's my experience. So, now that we've finished that, let's get on to uh, Trash and Treasure. Mugga, what's your Trash and Treasure with this movie?
2: All right, so now that I've already seen this movie, and now I come back to actually review it. Um, the beginning goes so fast and it's almost like he, he's in financial trouble because his partners tell him he likes art and he had that little scene and other things but the one thing I really don't like um, where he shows her the boat I'm assuming they already have a relationship but the Angie, the girl you can just tell their plot is like being shown very transparent you know I don't know if I like that um, but anyways when she is woken up and all that how did she never wake up? Like, how did, how did all this go down where the robe is bloody, there's an, all this stuff, everything, unless she was, I was like drugged. She was drugged, yeah. But but then why can't she like get to, I don't know. Like it just, to me it's like, she did not do a good job of defending herself. Like, hey, no, yeah. something happened, dude. Like this is what happened. Um, they never showed the verdict in the actual courtroom it's just the, the lawyers after she's confessing I, did, I love my husband basically says I'm sorry and then it's just like I, I don't know I kind of wanted to see like hey you are guilty right. here's your sentence as opposed to like you're fucked <laughs> that's right. kind of what all I got out of it um, the workout montage <laughs> Okay. I really think they should have called the producers and directors of Rocky 3 and 4 to get some help because whoa <laughs> you know like, what the hell um, but I think the biggest trash of this movie at all time is the fact that it really can't happen right like that's when I look when I research that yeah but other than that I think we're all on the same page. I think the acting's good. I think Ashley Judd, I think Tommy Jones do a great job. Um, I like the way they shot New Orleans. I think it looks cool, like the colors at night. Um, The sailboat was cool. And other than that, I don't have anything else as far as treasure. (laughs) That's all I got.
0: All right, TJ, what's your trash and treasure?
2: Uh, All right,
1: so I will start with trash. I think most of us would agree, and Mugga already alluded to it, like the oversimplification of what double jeopardy actually is and what it means, it's a lot better in the movie than it is in real life. So that's kind of a trash for me because, like I said, I think a lot of people watch this movie and they're like, oh, I know exactly what Double Jeopardy is. But they actually don't because this movie does not... Has nothing to do with Double Jeopardy in real life. <laughs> um, the other thing that I would say is um, they call it Double Jeopardy. And if you watch the trailer for the movie, you kind of already understood what was going to happen. Like you already understood that the husband faked his death, he was alive, she was going to find him and potentially kill him. All of those things happen. So you can pretty much watch the trailer and know what the movie, the movie yeah. is going to be about. And that's kind of a bummer because when you're talking about like a thriller, if this is supposed to be a thriller, it doesn't really thrill, I think, the way that it intends to. Angie is fucking trash. She is a trash Sweat. human being. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, I know that there was some dialogue online about whether or not Angie was in on it. Of course she was. Of course she knew about it. Wait, that was a question? Um, yeah they were like oh "Oh, it's unclear if she was in on it from the beginning no it's not really because if she knew that Nick if she thought Nick was dead in the beginning and then just started having a relationship and didn't tell her best friend about it after she
2: just adopted the kid (laughs) right
1: and inherited two million dollars by the way Um, so Angie's a a fucking trash person Um, I also really really hate the sex scene on the boat I think it's so awkward and non necessary there it's just yeah, it's just Ew. like not really necessary. Like, what's the point? We already know they're happily married. There's no need for that sex scene, and it's just like it's just weird. I don't know. I hate it. Yeah, so that's my trash. <laughs> um, and then for Treasure, I really like Ashley Judd. I thought she did a really great job in this movie from a performance perspective. I also thought that the movie, like, overall was entertaining. I think, like, yeah. most of us had agreed, like, in the beginning when we saw this, back in, where, whenever we saw this, we actually enjoyed the film. Of course, it doesn't hold up the way that we remember it because as we do research and realize that this is, like, complete fiction, it's it loses a little bit of, a, of its mojo, but I thought it was entertaining at least. And then my last treasure, I really like. There's a scene... Um, where she finds Nick, or who's now Jonathan Devereaux in New Orleans, and he's about to, he's like, I swear on my son. And she's like, oh, don't you fucking dare. Yeah. And I just love that line yeah. so much that I put that in my treasure as well. And
3: that's it, that's what I got. All right, Jason, what is your trash and treasure? Um, so the first trash is, and I don't remember this a lot when I watched it the first time, but I had a hard time hearing Ashley Judd in the beginning.
4: Uh-huh.
3: I don't know why but when i was watching it again a few days ago i had to turn the audio up so high because she she whispers a lot in the beginning she's talking to maddie she's talking to other people angie she whispers a lot i had to turn it up so much i just found that annoying i didn't realize that the first time i watched it the kid i'm not a big fan of the kid right i don't like the name maddie no i like matt (laughs) Matthew's fine. But she constantly says, hey, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, In jail, she's wearing her wedding ring. Like how the fuck can you do that? I don't know how you can wear a wedding ring in jail. Probably take that shit away. The workout montage. Yeah, the workout montage was pretty bad. (laughs) The creepy guy in the library. I thought that was just weird. I mean, it was, it created a funny joke for her to do, but it was just like, "Eh, this is weird. Also,
1: how old is he and how old is she? That was what struck me the first time I saw this. I was like, "He's got to be way younger." For than sure, her. there's a difference here. Yeah. Right? Okay.
3: Yeah. This is something I never noticed, but I don't know if you guys saw this. Like the way they shot a couple shots, um, walking up to the halfway house, walking up to the home in Colorado where she's trying to, the first place she goes is to try to find Nick and Angie. That's where Angie passed yeah. away. The shot looks like it's almost like um, like a fish eye lens. Mm. It's really rounded. Like lines aren't straight. Really? So in the halfway house, when she's talking to Tommy Lee Jones, go back and watch it and maybe I'm overthinking it, but the lines of like it wasn't crown molding, but it's like some borders of some walls and stuff. It's curved. It's almost like, like it was uh, film with a GoPro or something. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. And I was like it was tripping me out of like pause it I was like, This looks funky to me, but I don't know, go when you go back and watch yeah. it, which we all will. Take a look at those two parts. When they're in the halfway house, when she first gets there, talking to Timely Jones, and then when she walks up to the house in Colorado. Those are the two big scenes where it really just, it distracted me a lot. Um, the auctioneer, when they're auctioning off okay. Jonathan Devereaux, and you know Ashley Judd gets him for 10 grand or whatever. He has a gavel in his hand, nothing to hit the gavel on, so he just hits his hand, and I'm just like, <laughs> you can't just have a little podium to just or- hit not a gavel oh yeah or just not a gavel or something a bell i don't give a fuck but he hits his hand i just like i don't know why we're doing this um inside the coffin holy fuck when she has not only the gun that she traveled legally with but now she has a lighter which we see her smoke here and there not a lot right and it's usually under stress but she has a lighter on her and she's in there and it's like you're freaked out you're next to a decomposing corpse And you, you, like you just got hit over the head, you're, you're shoved in this thing. It's all dark. She has the wherewithal to like have the lighter out and not light anything on fire, right? Herself, any of this like the cloth that's the in cloth, the cloth. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, how do you, how how? And then manages to like peel back, shoot. Accurately, that was very easy. Not a miss shot. There's no miss shots. Right. She has bullets left to spare, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, how? How do you do this? I don't.
1: I also read that there would be no window in a mausoleum like that. That that would not exist. Why is that? I, didn't read I don't that.
2: know. A you small, small one that? like that. You. There's no windows.
1: I, I read that there would be no windows. It was the same place where I read uh Jay. You had touched on it earlier. Uh, like how decomposed that body would actually be, yeah. Um,
2: and that like was how mummified, huh? Like like it had like it the facial expressions, and yeah, I didn't. There's no way
1: <clears throat> um, that they would only have left. There's like a 366 day period of mourning where they would have locked the mausoleum, mm-hmm. and then after that, they would have removed the body or something. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm rem- remembering this correctly, but I did read that there would not have been a, a window in there.
3: Kind of to your point, I was you could have gone down this whole rabbit hole with just this mausoleum thing and how they do things, but you're right, there's a period of time where the body stays in there, but the idea is, I think they end up taking the body out after a certain period of time, and then they, there's like a family burial right. area and they like put them in like almost like a, a wooden box. Yeah. It's not right. like a legit coffin anymore. It's like there's a period that they do this and then they move the body where the, the rest of the family is. Right. So yeah, there's lots of weird things. Um, I feel
1: like the the mausoleum might just be to like pay your respects
3: throughout that first year and then after that they're removed. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the biggest trashes is Maddie at the end. That is not the same fucking kid. No. Looks nothing like him. <laughs> well, <laughs> Looks, he's older. He's like he's six older. Years older. I get that. So he's the same haircut. He's that's all he has, and it's red. <laughs> His hair's red, and he has freckles. Like I get it. They can't use the same kid because he's gotten older. To your point, but it's like. Looks nothing like him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? The kid running yeah. around the, the cemetery looked more like Natty. See, that's yeah. what
2: I didn't want to bring up as my tryout that you guys would do. But she sees the kid at the cemetery and it's just like she's confused like that he won't recognize him. But then she goes to a soccer field and the one kid that doesn't look like anything, of she like points and the camera focuses like, oh, that's my kid. It's just like, how? Like, how do you like, also, now you can dial it down there? You know, yeah, like the kid in the cemetery is like fucking 15. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on.
0: Like, your kid's gonna be, like, 11, yeah. maybe,
3: probably. And she's yelling, Maddie, 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 all the time.
0: Oh, real quick, though. Um, that kid, he's the kid from uh, Unbreakable and Gladiator.
1: Yeah, he's in a bunch of
2: stuff. Oh, he oh, is the one in yeah, yeah. yeah. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, and
0: he's, uh, remember in uh, Glass? He's Bruce Willis's son. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he plays the same role from Unbreakable and that movie.
3: He's still, still got a career, yeah. yeah. He has a career, he shouldn't yeah. have been Maddie though. Yeah. Um, poor <laughs> Should kid. shouldn't have been Maddie. And then I only have a few treasures. Uh, you guys already touched on it, Ashley Judd. I think she does a great job. Tom Lee Jones, I really appreciated. Um, the women in the jail, I thought they were kind of funny. Like, yeah. I, I, they added to the story. Um, I'm glad she didn't get away, uh, Ashley Judd, I'm glad she didn't get away from the cops on the beach when she's fleeing yeah. them. I was like, if she would've got away, I'm just like, you can't keep getting away, because she gets away later on in the movie. <laughs> But she gets caught. I I do appreciate that they did it that way.
2: Although it took those guys a lot of effort just to get her, so it's like, come on, man. Can
1: I also just say too that like she somehow manages to like track these people down by breaking all of these laws, which seems weird to me because she's like a straight-laced woman before she goes into prison. And what is she learning in prison? But somehow she can like she's now a detective that can like, like the way she, she
2: gets her dress because she can get the girl's identity right. at the hotel. She's like a con all. Artist yeah, now
1: like. A con artist she's a cri- like a full-fledged criminal that
3: just seemed like a, You're a right. lot I of didn't put develop- that together. Now a lot I of development it together she
2: came with like a doctorate in like in a criminal right. thing yeah.
3: it is kind of weird too because she was in prison for th- for six years right. yeah so let's say this is present day when she's getting out 99 so that means 93 she went in so computers all that kind of stuff like she would not know like what the, it advanced so quickly, yeah. right? It would be the internet. I mean, I they kind of show a little bit of her of learning. That guy to the yeah. library, huh? But, but yeah. then she gets to the art dealer, and she just knows how to navigate. But even it like, like you
1: can't just walk into a car dealer and be like, "Oh, my name is Angela Green. Can you look at my credit?" Like a car <laughs> dealer is going to be like, <laughs> yeah. "Can I see some form of identification?" Yeah. Right. Like you can't just do that.
3: Yeah. Right. I don't think you can no, do that. No, you can't. That. I don't think
1: so. No, nah, you can't do that. You need like, like a form of, a, like an ID or something to show who you are. And then they're not going to just come out and be like, oh, are you still at this full address? Whoever says the full address, they're normally like, oh, are you still at like, whatever, one, two, three. Main Street. Main Street. Main Street. Yeah. yeah, you got to fill out like your, your social... You got to provide a lot of form. Yeah. All this check shit your before. Credit. Yeah. Before
0: they can even provide especially an application. Key. Every credit check is an right. application. Right. So it's just like, you can't just walk into a dealership and say you want something and then they'll just turn around and recite your shit back at you. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't make that quickly even.
3: Yeah. 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 That, it was weird too, to kind of backtrack, um, that, that guy that had that video, the lawyer, he was talking about how, cause it's double jeopardy, like people's. The way they analyze it and the way they describe it is so like convoluted, so messy that like people have gone on IMDb, posted how the movie was wrong, and then other people have deleted it. They've posted something else that's been deleted. So like when he was doing the video, this is like the current thing that's on yeah. IMDb because it. The second thing that got a lot of flack was what we were just talking about because they were saying that. So when she, by the time she goes to the dealership, Angela has already been dead for three years. Right. She's already been dead for three years, so oh, how yeah, do I you look up too. someone's credit report and pass passed away? But uh, I think there was other people saying that you can still look, the credit history is still there even though they're dead. Got it. So it's like there's all this weird... New information. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I like the scene on the ferry, even though it's kind of goofy. It's implausible. Yeah, Impossible. I just, after reading that they how they shot it and they went to scuba school or whatever they did I appreciate it and then there's some good like cinematography there too yeah it's a cool idea once you do the research I appreciate it less but I still think it's a cool scene right. if you just take it at face value I think yeah. it's a cool scene and then my last treasure is the bartender in oh New I should
2: have yeah that's cool that he did that uh,
3: when, when uh, he helped uh, Ashley Judd kind of here's just the rips up rips up the yeah, thing gives, it gives the her an umbrella, umbrella and say hey get the hell out of here I think he's a pretty big treasure it's probably my biggest treasure um that's all I got. All right, so I'm uh, start with my trash. Um,
0: I mean, okay, so we're talking about um, the evidence kind of levied against uh, Libby, or whatever her name is, Ashley Judd's character. Um, so they play the recording back of uh, Nick dying, right? And never in that tape does he say, like, oh, my wife stabbed me, right? right? right. Why wouldn't you say that if you're trying to frame her? And also, um, when you make a 911 call, when you call the authorities or whatever, Let's say I get attacked. Oh my god! I've just been jumped, or I've just been stabbed or shot at. That's it. No, no, no. I'm gonna describe who the fuck did it right. yeah. and what I think happened instead of oh I've been stabbed. I'm bleeding. Uh, uh, it's like, it's just like I don't think that's enough to make a case that she did it. Because like I think anybody in their right mind at the time would have said like I think my wife did it. Yeah. Like my wife is the only one here. I'm sure she did it. She did it. Like I think they could have gone a little deeper with the prosecution. I think you said it, Mugga. Like, they wrapped that up a little too
2: quickly. The movie goes so fast in the first in the, 15 yeah. minutes.
1: Which I actually appreciate, because, you know, sometimes movies take a long time yeah, to get to the point. Right. Yeah, what I will say, though, is remember in New Orleans, he was like, I never thought they would convict you. Hmm. Maybe he was being truthful, because he, he could have as easily said on that radio call, like, my wife just stabbed me, blah, 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 but he didn't say that. Maybe he thought that... Well, I think I think he
0: was that's lying. That's an interesting
2: way to look at. It. I never thought. I don't of that think would, that yeah. that's what happened. No, he yeah. an, asshole. He <laughs> yeah. an asshole. Yeah,
0: he's just he's just being a dick because like he literally just ran away with her best friend or whatever, and her money, and then and her killed money. her. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. killed her and took whatever money you know they had together. And um, I gotta agree with you, uh, TJ. Uh, Angie, she fucking sucks. I hate her. I yeah. wish I wish she would not have died so that she could have faced the consequences of yeah. plotting with the husband. Uh, Nick's an asshole. I don't like him either. I hate him, um, I'm actually kind of mad this guy voices Batman, but I, I can't let this movie overshadow that. um I'm pretty sure there's no yelling from the witness stand and crying like that um, but hey, we just we just kind of let it rock um i wish I wish we would have seen the sentence. I feel like there would have been some emotional impact with that, like if we're not gonna have the whole courtroom procedure, at least show me the sentence. I never get the sense that she's like broken up over never seeing her son again and right. stabbing her husband. Like I, I wish we got more of that reaction. It, it just kind of goes to court dates over, will you adopt my kid? And then click, we wake up in a prison. And I'm just kind of like, I wish I would have had seen that breakdown. Yeah. Like act one, show me the end of act one instead of just jumping into
1: act two. I also have a question, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if there was a life insurance policy and the wife was convicted of killing her husband. She would not get that money.
2: I don't know how things work, but I would imagine so. Yeah, because
1: she's the beneficiary, so she. But did she insurance... transfer it to Maddie? Well, no... maybe Maddie was a okay. beneficiary, but if she did that after the fact that he died, I don't feel like because I feel like they used that, that
2: angle as why she did what she did for right. the money, right? Yeah,
1: but like I don't think I can't take a life insurance policy out on someone and then kill that person and
2: collect the, collect the money,
1: right? Like insurance companies don't allow that.
0: Well, here's the thing too. Like, um, So I'm not sure how that works. That's, that's quite a gamble that Nick has taken because like everything kind of just falls into place the way he would like because, you know, what if they never found her guilty, right? Right. Then she'd still have the kid and all this other shit and he wouldn't have got the money. Because maybe if the kid's a beneficiary, money goes to the kid. There's yeah. no way he can get access to the kid. And then um, without Angie adopting Maddie, I hate that name too. That I'm saying it. Yeah, I hate it too. Without Angie adopting Maddie, she would never have access because Ashley Judd says, you know, I don't want him to go to my parents. So what if what if she did want him to go to the parents and Maddie goes to his grandparents? They would have got the money. They would have got the money, right? And then that's Nick, true. Yeah, Nick never would have had the ability to access it. So I feel like things just happened to fall in place for this guy yeah. like he, a he didn't too really conveniently yeah, yeah he didn't think it through like i, I thought that was kind of silly speaking of parents ashley judd does go to her mom right that's her mom that gives her the money what? yeah yes yeah, yeah. but if she, she says her. like oh i barely survived my parents house but her mom seems like a pretty nice pretty person. nice person yeah so i'm just like what was that whole she has money you know, swans with about. the tomatoes yeah she she knows you murdered your husband and you're on the run and she's still willing to give you money. Sounds like a nice mom. So I I don't understand why that's in there. Uh, Rocky training montage. Like when that came up, I was just like, oh, sweet. Is there going to be music? Uh, Is it going to last more? She's going to do like, you know, like three exercises. I was like, show me some more shit. You know, what type of stuff she's going to get into. And then uh, this whole Nick guy, her husband, like, so you're telling me that this high profile uh, you know, millionaire who donates to private charter schools or whatever and has fundraisers and seems pretty well connected. he moves to two of the largest cities in the world, not even the United States, the world moves to San Francisco with a new lady, has the same kid, and nobody fucking notices then that lady dies, takes the same kid, goes to Louisiana, and nobody fucking notices while right. he's still having high profile parties like you don't think. There's gonna be some sort of networking issue where somebody's just like, yeah. "Hey, I know this guy. This guy got killed by his wife. Right. Like, and he's buying high profile art. Like, nobody's gonna notice that this is the same guy. Like, I, I think the networking there is pretty pretty close knit. Somebody yeah. would have figured that out a long time ago." But with no and like
3: real all internet, United States. with no real internet, he's changing his name. He's changing his whole accent, and demeanor. I don't know. Maybe oh, his
2: accent is trash. I'm sorry, I should have brought that up.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I maybe yeah. maybe. New well, accent. I'm just saying yeah. like the internet. I wouldn't even count that because I think
0: like a lot of successful wealthy people would have run in the same circles, and I think at some point he's bound to run into somebody someone that that knew him in his previous life, You're especially right. if especially if he's buying. Art by the same artist yeah. over and over and over. Just dumb,
3: dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah, yeah. that should have been a trash.
1: Um, too. I have another trash. Sorry, Corinne. No, you're but good. you just reminded me. How did he get? Where did he go when he left the boat? Obviously, like the they he made it look like he fell overboard, but certainly someone would have had to come get him. Probably Angie or something. Angie, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: what
1: I <laughs> yeah Angie's a
0: bitch. Fuck I fucking life. hate her. Yeah, I wish I wish she lived so she could go to prison too. Uh, she got hers. I, I was hoping that when um, Libby was trapped in the coffin, she was going to do, like, the pie-may punch from Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was hoping for that moment. I had that
3: feeling, too, when I was watching it. I was what like, that'd, that'd be that? so badass. So if yeah. you
2: watch Kill Bill, she is in a coffin at one point, oh. and the way she gets out is by punching. But this came out, obviously, way before Kill Bill, so it's yeah. like, uh, unless you have s- seen Kill Bill and never seen this, like, Kerwin situation, that's what you're looking at, huh?
0: Yeah. And then another thing, too, like, why doesn't Nick kill Libby in the mausoleum he should have like he just throws yeah. her in there He like he doesn't even notice that she has a gun on her like right. I think I think you would feel the weight of that on her jacket That's re- that you remove from her you would feel that like why not kill her put her in the coffin and you never have to worry about it you put her in there alive she right. can still yell kick, scream yeah. there's still gonna be air like somebody might have found her because there's a shitload of people at having a funeral right there when you do it. So I thought that was kind of stupid, like on his part, like you could have just killed her and put her in the coffin. Um, You know, another issue I got is um, Tommy Lee Jones' character... He's not a cop or an no. officer of the oh, law. Oh, this was
1: so weird. He's a parole officer.
0: Well, the guy said he's not even a parole officer. Like uh, the dude that he's talking to on the phone at the, was it the- He just runs that
1: house, right? Like
0: the police department oh, he's when like, he calls? Give me that damn picture. Yeah, he, he just runs the halfway house and the guy's just like, dude, you're not a you're not an agent. You're not an officer. He's like, you're barely a parole officer. Right. So it's just like, what authority does he have to be like traveling the state lines? Who's right. watching over the house while he's gone? Like why aren't the police after him too? there should be a I, national yeah, man I thought that was trash as well yeah like the feds should be after this lady committing crimes in multiple states that's I, like a not my job kind of thing yeah it's just I, I just thought that was kind of silly like you shouldn't even be this heavily invested in this why are you unless from the very beginning you might have you know sided with her and said hey you know I do believe you then maybe then maybe I could understand him. wanting to find the truth yeah then I can understand him like chasing her across the country but he doesn't come to believe her until like so late in the movie that it, it makes no sense why he would go so far to get her yeah right um I think one of my biggest trashes is like towards the end where they go to whatever the fuck his name is, Nick's house or whatever, when they're in the office. Whatever name <laughs> he at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Ashley Johnson. shows up with a gun and um, she's like, oh, I could kill you right now. Double jeopardy, not true. And um, they said, well, we don't want to kill you. Um, we just want you to suffer like I suffered and go to jail because you're going to kill me and then you're going to admit to it and I got it on tape and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, motherfucker's like, call the police. Call the fucking police. <laughs> To, to his to his place because the police can ID him, detain him, contact another department that. Or, you know, look in an archive that has his face or whatever, and then they can ID him and say, oh my God, he's got the same fucking prince as this dead guy yeah. that just happened to be, be, to be married to her, right. and he has custody of this kid, Yeah. like, this, they is, plan this that is the is all guy. Wrong at the end, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, all you had to do was bust in with the New Orleans cops, and he arrest for sure them. would have already been in Jason
2: jail. Jason and I talked about that, but Jason brought up, she is also wanted at this point, and so will that put her in this and I don't know will they you know? even believe her yeah yeah. one of those things but I, I agree what you're saying they played that all wrong at the end
0: yeah I'm just like what What the hell were you trying to we do?
2: almost lost <laughs> like, like yeah. he, he, he had a gun they <laughs> had us in the first half
0: Yeah, but like yeah it's just like you thought you were just going to walk away with your kid and live a felon's life and Tommy Lee Jones is just going to walk away with the mill yeah. like that doesn't make any fucking sense so I thought that was pretty stupid on our main characters parts and then um, I, I feel bad for like Matty Matthew uh, Matt I don't know. Little Matty. Um, he's got a fucked up life, man. Like oh, his, it's awful. His mom supposedly murdered his dad and goes to prison. At some point, he's told she's dead. Um, his adoptive mom and dead dad, air quotes, uh, just inexplicably move him across the country away from his mom that he knows is in prison and he's never gonna see again. His adoptive mom dies in an explosion and then his dad turns out to be a crazy ass carn artist and then Ships his mom the shows up and murders his, and his dad ships him
1: off to a boarding school somewhere. Yeah, and I'm just like,
0: this kid is gonna have
1: a fucked up. He's life. gonna need to go to therapy for sure. Um, a lot of therapy. Uh, my treasure. <laughs> um, can I say another trash? Go ahead. Why does um, Tommy Lee Jones say that he wants a f- little pink poodle on a keychain at the very end? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: No. Does he? At
1: the end, when he's like, after he's shot and he's being wheeled into the ambulance, and he's like, "I'm gonna ask for a full pardon for you." A parade. A parade mm-hmm. with a tiny little pink poodle on a keychain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like,
3: what are you talking about?
0: Yeah,
1: maybe he's just like
0: loss high of blood, drugs, loss of blood. Maybe I don't
3: know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, when I he's in the I mean, maybe he's just saying I'm gonna ask for everything. You know, it I mean? like
1: never is reference. Like nothing like that is ever referenced in the beginning or anything like that. It just seems so out of place. And I'm like, every time I watch the movie, I'm like, why do you say that?
0: Also, I'm glad you you're bringing this
1: up. It just reminded me of something. Like
0: we never bring up his uh, alcoholism.
1: It's very alluded to, but never actually... It makes no point
2: in the movie. No. Like, yeah. they show that he's drinking, and I'm wondering if, like, oh, he's going to get in trouble for that. The guy even says, are you drinking again? He says, no. Like, but, like, they never bring it up the no. rest of the, t- the movie. Yeah. And then
0: his daughter and his... It's is that a, a problem w- for you, layman? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Then his, like, daughter and wife, like, I guess he injured them while he was drug driving, and they left him, took all the money. He still has the picture of his daughter in his car. Like, yeah. we never we never get any closure on that. So there's like, no point in yeah, putting it in why bring that shit up at all he should have yeah. just been an officer of the law that went after her but like he looks at the case and he's just like this doesn't add up I believe her I'm not gonna call backup because I believe her and I wanna help her like right yeah uh, Captain Marvel style Captain Marvel does that I'm just gonna follow this person cause I believe her and I'm not gonna get other people involved like there's other movies like that too where it's just like I have, I have doubts about this person's guilt so I'm gonna trail them monitor them but I, I do think that they're right about something, right? And I feel like just just make him a cop, make him a cop, a federal agent, something. Believable. Assign him the case of finding her. Yeah, even and, and that's it. He doesn't have to be the parole person. Yeah, like she breaks parole, boom, he's involved. Right. Or the the sheriff that uh tells her Cutter whatever his name is yeah. that tells her that her husband's dead. Make him make that the Tommy person. Lee Jones. Yeah. Or make him the guy that goes across the country. Like, right make make it somebody who's an actual officer or who has agent. some skin in in the game yeah like give give me a reason for this person to be there, but um uh, treasure um uh, I mean cinematography's good here and there, performances are good, um That's all you got. I wish yeah. I do wish the women in the prison got more more chance to shine
1: they were you good. know what I wish is I wish like she would have called them on the run or something to be like, hey, like this is where I'm at. I, you know what do you what should I do? Like get some advice from them or something because they were I thought I thought they were good yeah, yeah um like good characters. I wish that she would have leaned on them a little bit more throughout the whole chase.
2: Other than just rather than jail. just doing it on her own,
1: yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like
0: once we leave the prison, like we ne- like cause maybe we kinda- that's where
2: she gets her criminal information from. Oh, do this, do that, you know? Right, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Like maybe maybe do it where like they write stuff out and she we bring it up later. Like oh, they said that the, the tips they give her. Uh, They give her a set of tips, and then as she goes on her journey, she remembers those tips and follows them. Give those characters more weight, because I feel like those characters had a lot of potential, and it's kind of unfortunate that we don't really get to spend, even if we don't spend a lot of time with them, I would have liked their impact to have been greater.
1: And the reality is that they're the reason why all of this is set into motion to begin with. You know, they say, no one's untraceable, no one just disappears, if they could we know about it. You know, like they tell her about the double jeopardy clause. Like they're the ones that are kind of like moving her in a forward direction. They watch her while she trains. They yeah. even have
0: the, I love the, the Maddie's eighth birthday scene. Yeah. That so was a, cute. that was a really good scene. I really liked that scene. And I just kind of felt like it's all a waste. Cause like we never see these women again and it kind of bums me out. Maybe right. she goes to visit them at the end after she gets her kid back. Yeah. Maybe she's, she becomes an advocate for women who are you know, wrongfully convicted and are in prison. Although those
1: women were guilty. Oh, yeah, they, were. <laughs> they were. They said that. But, yeah, but, yeah, but,
0: yeah. but no, I get it. I wish I would've got some closure from her for six years, man. Like yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, Con Air does a better job of this, <laughs> like, honestly. Um, but that's, I don't even know if that's a treasure, but I did like them, but that's probably all I got for treasure. So um, let's move on to how much we would pay. Mugga, how much are you paying to watch this movie?
2: If I don't watch this recently, and I go off memory of what it was, I would have gone 10, but the more I watched it now, as well as research, I have to give it a five. I can't go higher than that. I wanted to give it a 10, because I do like it. I'm not even saying it's still not entertaining. Like, I can watch it with a wide group of people and be entertained, but if I'm actually rating this, like, this is a $5 movie for me. Yeah, so I'm going $5.
0: TJ, how much are you paying?
1: I'm similar to Mugs, I think uh, when I first heard that we were doing this movie, I was like, oh, that's a $15 movie for sure. But after having rewatched it a few times and uh, doing the research, um, I can give it a solid 10. There you go. I, I think, it, it, to me, it is still entertaining. Like I said earlier, when it's on, I watch it. Uh, it is one of those like go-to movies when I see it on, so I think it's a, a $10 movie. Cool.
3: Jason, what about you? I think I was hovering around five or 10, but I think I gotta go five, too. Um, it's entertaining and like I, I like it but like just knowing that the whole premise the title of the movie is just they, they just shit on it like they don't do it justice it's like and then you almost feel deceived like oh well I thought I thought this movie was right on with yeah. the, the me and Double Jeopardy and it's not so it's that's kind of a bummer but um like I said I, I love Ashley Judd's performance Timely Jones I think they do a good job with what they're given there's a you know, some cool scenes and like the idea of it is interesting, but I don't think I can go higher than five. <sighs> I, I can't give this
0: movie a zero. Like I, but I will say I will never watch it again. Like I really, yeah, to me is kind of throwaway. Like, I mean, like there's the thriller aspect and I'm like, okay, like I want, I want to know what happens next as I'm watching it. Um, I'm not going to give it a zero because like, y- even though I was like fucking falling asleep and shit, like I, I still wanted to know what happened, and I will say that the movie does a good job of keeping me intrigued. But overall, for me, it's like a five. Like, you know, it's not awful. Like, I wasn't turned off by it, but it's a movie I don't ever need to see again. And it's not so bad that I'd give it a zero. Yeah. So, it's not Kickboxer. Where are we uh, at?
2: 625.
0: Isn't that what a... Uh, we
2: just did that, we just did another one today, uh, that was what we did. Swordfish? Swordfish Same score.
0: Huh. okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, that price will go up though if Tom Cruise is in it. There it is. So oh, no. uh, <laughs> who's Tom Cruise playing in this movie?
2: The obvious answer, Maddie. should be Matty. <laughs> <laughs> same just, same height, I think. Wait wait, age age four or uh, <laughs> age or age seven, 10, I, ten? Yeah, I think he could have played Nick. I think he could have played Nick. Don't you think so? I agree. Yeah, yeah. He could have done that. I, mean, that I don't so know. So There's a not a lot of characters in this movie. You uh, know, like he could yeah, be, he
0: could be Tommy Lee Jones. I think Tommy Lee Jones he did could a good have been job, Cutter. though.
2: The washed-up guy, you know, that just, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I think he could have been Cutter or um, Nick Parsons. Yeah. Mm, yeah, sure.
3: I think Nick. Yeah. I would replace him. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, so that's it. And in, uh, in the words of Tom Cruise. Fuck you, Sally. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening.